Hello. Hello. How are you? Pretty good. How are you doing? It's been a very cloudy weekend and it makes me sad. <laughs> it has been cloudy. I hadn't really thought about that today. It yeah. was yesterday for sure. All day yesterday. When I was driving back from, I worked yesterday when I was driving back, there were rain clouds in the mirror. Mm-hmm. It's supposed to rain pretty hard this week, actually. Oh, yeah. interesting. Kind of up and down the coast and all the way into here. Mm. Well, yeah. Yeah. How are you doing? Good. I haven't really been doing much this weekend. I binge-watched a show called The Circle on Netflix, which, oh my god! <laughs> it was Y'all something. know how I like go on these like spirals about social media. Uh, the The idea of it is you have these people who are playing this game, and they're in a, in this thing called The Circle, and it's kind of like reality TV, typical Big Brother-esque show, except each person has their own apartment and they can only communicate with each other through text like so there's like a circle chat and then they can dm each other and it's like crazy i mean it's like all the things that you would expect it to be like it was in my opinion less dramatic than other reality tv that i've consumed um but i could not stop watching it it was a lot (laughs) Was a well, because they get these alerts, and it's not like there's some regular things like they have to rank each other. But people then could fake there who they are other were too, challenges. Yeah, some people were catfishing, and it. it was it was real interesting. Yeah, it was. Yeah, <laughs> that's what I did this weekend. <laughs> real, <laughs> real productive member of society. Right solid here. weekend. Solid weekend. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What about you? How's your How's your life going? Just same usual. Yeah, you know. Yeah. Cool. I'm hopeful that uh, the weather stays nice, gets nice. But oh yeah, it was right. 80 the other day, 80 degrees, and it I was super nice. Wanted to jump in the pool. <laughs> yeah, I was pretty hot actually. Like, yeah, body definitely hasn't adjusted yet. Uh huh. But no, I mean, really, nothing else going on. Spring I mean, spring is coming. Whoa. Spring is coming. Yeah. <laughs> That'll be that'll be good times. Well, I keep laughing because I keep thinking about our friends in Michigan because we lived in Michigan and like it's like the fake spring where you have like a day and you're like, yes. Mm-hmm. And then it's like, oh, no, it's freezing again or maybe it'll it snow. Again, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it'll snow in May. <laughs> a couple of weeks ago, there was a crazy weather thing in uh, my former hometown or nearby Oh, where it was, was like super cold and rainy and then it got really windy and there were some houses to the south of Buffalo that like you should look up photos, actually, I, though I didn't do clear enough research to make sure that they're real, but it was, like, fascinating. There were sheet of ice, like, around people's houses. Hmm. It was uh, pretty crazy. Hmm. Could be fake. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> but if it's not, it was crazy. And if it was, that's awesome photoshopping. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, no. It should be good. I think spring here is going to be really nice. Uh-huh. Yeah. Everything's oh, starting to bloom. Also, Tons of great flowers. Yesterday, we watched a part of Chamber of Secrets. Yes, we did. You wanted to. I, yeah. I was like, I just, I keep talking about the differences between the book and the movie. I just have to see them. I was wrong about the McGonagall scene, but it did play out differently. So Filch was like the one that was there instead of Snape being the oh one that was there. Oh my. <laughs> we are in trouble, aren't we? Something Little like that. Little Ron. Yeah, um, Ron. And he oh breaks his gosh. wand on the... 
steering wheel yeah. okay, as opposed so to like, thing, in the crash. He, like, he goes, duh, 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 and then it just breaks. And I'm like, wait, how sturdy are these things? Come on. How do you break it on the steering wheel? Well, it's funny because the, like, the, the genre of the movie is, is almost slapsticky. Yeah. Right? It's, well, particularly least, with Ron's character. Yeah. Because that's why the, I like, think that's what shaped the train coming up behind him. Yes. Like, ah, and then Harry's near death falling out of the car. Yeah, Harry's just hanging totally by the fo- the car door and Ron's like, grab my hand. And, and like, he's you're like, too sweaty you're too sweaty or yeah. something. And it's like, what is I happening think, right I now? I think that's why my image of Ron is so tainted as like he's such a klutz. Like, yeah, he does like some weird things in the book. But like the movie, he's just like goofball. Like he's just not. He's just like the comic relief. I'm petting Winston under the table. Oh, with my, my gosh. Foot. Winston needs attention as always. He has been baby central. But yeah. He is a baby. It's pretty good. I'm excited. We paused at this chapter. Yeah. Actually, cause well, because we I wanted wanna... to see the scene where, uh, so last chapter, Draco calls Hermione a mudblood. And I wanted to see that scene that I was referencing where Emma Watson like does the monologue where she explains like what a mudblood is. Because she knows and Ron is just busy looking like he's dying and puking oh my slugs. gosh yeah ron looks horrendous <laughs> that makeup and, man yeah. <laughs> they nailed it yeah but it was good yeah and it got me in the mood to think about this chapter for sure yeah are you ready i am ready okay Wands ready turn to page 122 the death day party mm-hmm. today's lesson is called sense and sensitivity which is you know. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. I get it. <laughs> well, for the audience, I get the reference. Know, think about it. Uh, a synopsis: The chapter begins with Harry walking through Hogwarts, soaked to the bone after a rainy Quidditch practice, when he comes across nearly headless Nick, who is upset after being rejected from the headless hunt. As he tries to console Nick, Mrs. Norris and then Filch discover Harry tracking mud through the castle. Filch demands Harry come to his office for punishment but leaves quickly when Peeves creates a ruckus outside. As Harry waits, he finds Quickspell in Filch's papers. Filch returns and is devastated and embarrassed and kicks Harry out of his office. It turns out that Nick had gotten Peeves to create a distraction to help Harry, who agrees to go to Nick's 500th Death Day celebration on Halloween in return. Later, Ron and Hermione accompany Harry to the Death Day party and witness some amazing scenes. They meet Myrtle, the Headless Hunt members, and interact with Nick and Peeves. As they leave, Harry hears the same chilling, threatening voice as from his time in Lockhart's office. He tracks it with Ron and Hermione in tow until they come across a frightening message written on the wall in blood above a frozen Mrs. Norris. Mm Mm-hmm. You just made me think. Of, I wanted to keep track of my thought process I'm glad, as you I'm were glad. reading. I'm glad, yeah, of course. I do the same thing all the time. What were you thinking about? Oh, no, I, uh, I, I was just thinking about Filch. Mm, mm. Uh, yeah, so like one of the first things that I wrote down was like this quick spell thing. And so something I noted was Harry's inner monologue was, why on earth did Filch want a quick spell course? Did this mean he wasn't a proper wizard? Right. And I was like, oh my God. So we had just Half had this blood. whole thing. <laughs> yes, all this stuff about blood, this shot at Hermione, and like Harry, who has no idea really about the blood relationships and hierarchies until like he's starting to form it, like comes to this thought 
of this idea of like proper wizard like even though it's not necessarily like in a malicious way like Malfoy who is like intentionally trying to harm Hermione with his words or thoughts um that you can see like glimpses of like oh okay Harry's taking some of this up at least of like even constructing an idea of a proper wizard and not a proper wizard yeah and he would have some ideas from the muggle world as well that are Mm -hmm. similar so I think yeah, that, that line, this reading, really stuck out to me as well, that, that he thinks of it as proper wizard as opposed to just thinking about it in terms of, like, maybe it means Filch is a squib. Like... You know, like, just to, to put, like, the, the kind of term to it as opposed to thinking of it in terms of, like, proper or not. Oh, I was thinking in terms of, like, just additional support. Mm-hmm. Like, you, you just take it as additional support, not like a, no, you're not a real wizard. Sort of, not right. that it's that harsh in the language, but that's how it reads to me in terms of, like, if you're if Well, you're I have to say, like, I think... I won't be certain about this, but British vernacular, I think proper would mean like real mm. to some extent. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I thought this chapter offered Harry a lot of opportunities to be sensitive. Mm. That's why I titled it that way, like to to other beings. Mm-hmm. And it started off even immediately with the idea of uh, Ginny being bullied by Percy I noticed that J.K. Rowling specifically says that word. It's just in passing yeah. about like Ginny taking the pepper up potion because yeah, like, yeah, yeah. she wasn't looking uh-huh. good or whatever. And like it says like she was bullied by Percy into taking it or whatever. And I was like, hmm, this is very interesting. Mm. Like what a specific word choice and like somewhat loaded. I don't know, maybe less loaded at the time that she wrote it, but now it mm. definitely would be. I wonder if it's supposed to be some sort of nod to something Percy? later <laughs> yeah. or like the sure. word choice of like Ginny being bullied or being forced yeah. into something or the sense that she knew that she wasn't actually sick with a cold you know mm. something else but yeah so that uh and then Nick <laughs> and like the headless hunt and like mm-hmm. then Filch with the quick spell and then Myrtle with Peeves mm-hmm. like there were just all these interactions where harry was somewhat of a passenger was, for a yeah, lot of he them was, for sure. which was a little frustrating with the exception mm-hmm. of maybe nick to some extent like we could hear his internal monologue trying to figure out how to do like how to react because he just wasn't sure yeah like being in the headless hunt or things like that uh-huh. that it kind of goes also my, i thought my favorite quote that i wrote is somewhat related because it's i just lo- i've always loved the imagery of like ghosts creating like really potent things in order to like try mm-hmm. to remember or whatever to taste or yeah or can to you taste time. it if you walk through it harry asked him almost said <laughs> the ghost sadly and he drifted away uh-huh. i just always love that imagery of like what they're trying to do to like remember and like it's kind of yeah mm-hmm. it's another opportunity to be sensitive to like i mean being a ghost like i don't i don't know if it ever really comes out in the lore of harry potter if somebody can stop being a ghost i'm not sure mm. But it's pretty, if they can't, it's like, whoa, that's just, crazy. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, that's a, what a, what a way to, like, Well, this exist, is his 500th death day. I know. So that's, I know. that's a long time. Yeah, it is. Yeah, so when you were reading your summary, the thing that I wrote down was, or like, thinking about being sensitive was, um, so we know Filch, or, like, the description of Filch is just kind of, like, he overreacts, or he's, like, very... Um, strict and very kind of like controlling with the students um and so the fact that he kind of freaks out because harry is like walking mud through the castle and is like having this whole thing as you were talking 
what crossed my mind that didn't cross my mind before was what if Filch was trying to do something with Quickspell and was failing at it, which was like grumpy about it, and was, and then like. Well, I think that they were on. definitely related in mm-hmm. the sense that like the reason it it sticks in Filch's craw because he even says like it's hours for me to have to clean it up or whatever mm. he says that to, and then like the first line of the Quickspell ad mm. is something like. Is it taking you hours to do things that like it should take you? I mean, I'm paraphrasing, but it was yeah, something yeah, yeah. very right. similar. And the juxtaposition to me was totally on purpose to say mm-hmm. like, this is part of why Filch like has all this baggage and anger because mm-hmm. he's surrounded by people learning magic, magic. and he, <laughs> wa- he wants to be able to know it at that level. Yeah. And like then everything that they do that then he has to clean up. It's kind of fascinating in some ways that his character is really quite fascinating. Mm-hmm. that he's a custodian of the school but he can't use magic to clean it up and if they hired somebody who could they would do a lot of these things like yeah. almost instantaneously yeah yeah i mean it's, it's kind of it's interesting because hogwarts is like a huge castle totally <laughs> yeah just yeah. one dude that's just cleaning up walking around with a broom i mean yeah, there's always yeah, that scene yeah. in the seventh movie where he's like sweeping up in the aftermath and it's kind of like this is an interesting juxtaposition mm-hmm. it's like yeah mm-hmm. but Filch is a very interesting character. He's also quite layered. I mean, he definitely sides with anyone who's going to be lawful. (laughs) (laughs) Like, I think he definitely really respects Dumbledore. But then when we get forward and like Umbridge is involved, like he he will his allegiance will shift like the more strict somebody is going to be. That's why he's also somewhat favorable with Snape. Mm-hmm. probably doesn't mind McGonagall either or really anyone in authority who's going to like exercise it in some mm-hmm. way. Yeah, but... in the movie, Filch takes uh, Ron and Harry to Snape. Right. And then Dumbledore and McGonagall walk in and he's like, yeah. Not today. I think uh, Professor McGonagall should deal with them being as like they're in her house, you know, where she's mm-hmm. head of their house. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, because in that moment I was like, yeah, why did Filch take him to Snape? That's kind of... Yeah, not to go too far into the movie, but... I feel like Alan Rickman's Snape isn't quite there for me in the second movie either. Like that scene, it's like, it feels kind of weird. It just isn't quite how I picture it. And yeah. then later on, he's, it's more how I kind of picture it. Yeah, it's still, it feels like it's still developing for yep. sure. But that was yeah. where I was with the, the sense and sensitivity. It's just like watching other people's problems here mm-hmm. and having Harry like trying to navigate them and not always doing great. Yeah, we get this very fast introduction to Moaning Myrtle, which so like the two I was like, mm, we need more ghosts in Harry Potter Wizards Unite. <laughs> but the two uh, things that were related, of course, are Peeves and Myrtle. Yeah, we've seen and met Peeves before. Yeah, uh, Myrtle. It, it's funny because like Hermione is the one that's introducing it, and um, she she ends up. Well, Peeves is like trying to get her in trouble, but mm-hmm. she does. Hermione doesn't want to hurt Myrtle's feelings, even though she kind of believes that she's like really annoying and doesn't want to talk to her. Like that was the whole point. She was trying to avoid Myrtle so that there was no any sort of interaction or confrontation. And then Peeves, of course, is just like, "Nope, you're you're going for it." <laughs> yeah. And then she tries to like cover it up because I mean, Hermione doesn't want to hurt her feelings. No. Like she that's she is sensitive. Mm-hmm. most sensitive of all of our trio for sure mm-hmm. but i think peeves is an interesting one for me too like i didn't and it wasn't until recently that i even realized in all the times that i had read and read the books and 
I don't know. Is he really in the movies, Peeves? I don't quite remember him in the movies. But I think, like, uh, it wasn't until actually, no, I know what it was. It, when we were opening cards and we found a Peeves and he's, like, mo- he's like less corporeal or whatever the right way of saying this is. He, he has more of a physical presence. And yeah. it wasn't until this reread that I actually, like, found that in the text. For some reason, every time I had read it, I... I think because I knew what a poltergeist was, it was a ghost. So like I was just picturing him as very similar to all the other ghosts. Yes. But it, in this book, she says like contrasts but, his physical presence with other yes, ghosts. Yes, that's that's what the distinction is. Is that unlike yeah, the ghost, right. he can have a physical form. I didn't know that. Until I also recently. didn't know that until I like Googled what. It, I feel like <laughs> it was after research. the cards because I was like, is this Peeves? Because it was like all colorful and stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it was just something in all oh, my yeah, rereads right. that I. Because also in Hogwarts Mystery, he's like a a ghost like uh like wispiness, but he is colorful, right? As well. Um, yeah. Now I'm trying to think. Because uh, the Peeves in Wizards Unite, I think, is the same. He's got um, some like sketching. red, I think. Yeah, it's like yeah. red. Blue. It looks like a clown to me, like red, blue, orange-ish, sure. yellow, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, but in Wizards Unite, he's more plump. I mean, not Wizards Unite. Uh, Hogwarts Mystery, he's like plumpy, like mm. a little roundy ball mm-hmm. type thing. <laughs> and Hogwarts Mystery, he's like a skinny uh, dancer because he does like <laughs> he does like a little spin move, and I'm like, oh, okay, you're you're athletic, I guess. <laughs> Yeah. What did you think? What, do you have other things that came to your mind? Um, just, oh, so something else. So they get invited to this death day party. Mm. And so one quote that I wrote from Ron was, why would anyone want to celebrate the day that they died? And that one really struck a chord with me because um, over the last few years, something I've noticed is a lot of death commemoration on the anniversary that a famous person died so for example robin williams i had this like moment of confusion kind of like if y'all are familiar with the mandela effect where uh, the idea is like groups of people misremember like something so for the a famous example well a famous example is the berenstein bears like the children's book series how berenstein is spelled it's Stain, S-T-A-I-N, not Stein, S-T-E-I-N. So that's one example. But it's named after Nelson Mandela. So like people think or remembering that he died in prison in 1993 or something like that. But he didn't die at that right. point. But there was like a large group and of a large people group of people did die mm-hmm. who were like, I thought he was already I thought dead. He was already and dead. they like all had the same yeah. memory of it. Yeah. So going back to Robin Williams, I had a moment where I was like, oh, my God, Robin Williams died. And then I was like, wait a second. Was he already dead? Is he dead? <laughs> and then I realized the reason it was all because he was trending on Twitter one day. And I, the reason he was trending is because people were remembering him day. and it was his death was day. And I was like, wait a second. And so like similar things with like Smokey famous Robinson people. Dead. <laughs> so, yeah, we're just, oh, my gosh. That's yeah. not what Smokey would have wanted. Does man. want. <laughs> yeah. So it uh, that stood out to me in particular for uh, that sort of dynamic that seems to exist in with like social mm. media commemoration of like remembering things. And it's not just like deaths. It's also like on this day a year ago or five years ago, like this happened. Yeah. And so like it's very fascinating. Facebook plays that up. Uh, yeah. It's fascinating that, like, Ron's kind of like, why would anyone... Well, there's two things. One is, like, why would anyone celebrate it? Um, 
But specifically, like, what makes it different is that he's a ghost. So, like, he's the one celebrating his own death rather than other people commemorating or remembering him, like, in honor of him. So it's, like, also a kind of interesting, weird thing. It's kind of, it is very, very interesting. I mean, mm-hmm. the whole... The whole event is kind of funny because it's so normal. Yeah. If everyone wasn't a ghost, it'd be like, I wonder. a party. I wonder if it's a commentary on birthdays. Yeah. Right? And even the way that like he, he's like, oh, it's like the, the wailing widow from Kent or whoever came down. And it's just like, this is so funny. It's just, <laughs> it's just a great scene in the sense of like, it's just trying to understand it is mm-hmm. really difficult because coming from the perspective of somebody who's alive right now. So yeah. it's like, what would it even be like? So I, I always felt more like Ron, where it's like, is that something you would even celebrate? Like, what a yeah, what a strange thing to celebrate, you know? Yeah. But I don't know, maybe, you know. Well, going back to your question of like, do you ghosts, it could be morning, can you know? ghosts ever die? Like, or just go away? Um, if, if you think about like, if you have all of eternity to continue existing, when now you're in this ghost form, like mm-hmm. what else are you going to do? Mm-hmm. Black Mirror style, you're just gonna party mm-hmm. <laughs> or and throw a party. You know what's also kind of fascinating is like the way that ghosts exist in Harry Potter. They aren't completely dead, in the sense that like nearly headless Nick has emotions, mm-hmm. makes choices, mm-hmm. and can affect the world around him. Like it's not that is living to me. I mean, yeah. so th- there's a weird, th- yes, he's limited in, in the ways that he can affect. He can't use magic. Neither can Filch, right? Does that mean, you know, what kind of relationship is there in the sense that like, mm-hmm. well, a difference peeves, is his yeah. experience, like, so not being able to taste food or whatever. So it's sure. like a different kind sure. of existence, but the, um, yeah, it's really interesting because yeah, he can interact with people, <laughs> with living people, um and he has has a personality i mean like it's really kind of strange i mean Mm -hmm. strange in the sense of like it's curious it's kind of like without his physical body even now like when i'm trying to figure out exactly what the ghosts are in like a way of being type of Mm -hmm. thing an ontological thing it's like well i don't know it's his soul are they really dead like (laughs) it's his consciousness certainly not the same as harry's parents right i mean yeah right. no it's for a completely sure. different experience because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. i know later on after uh Man, I a main done character research on ghost. <laughs> a different yeah well in the future yeah uh, a character dies and harry kind of hopes that it, they'll come back as a ghost mm. <laughs> and like then i was started i just right now was started to think like what if they did like that would be so strange you know like yeah mm-hmm you made me think about Star Wars. <laughs> Force Ghost. Yeah. <laughs> Little Anakin. We are what go beyond. <laughs> I want to see Kylo. Pilot, you know? Or not Kylo. Sorry. Ben Solo. <laughs> <laughs> Spoilers. Um, let's see. Oh, okay. So after all of this, we hear the voice. Ugh. Can we talk for a second about Draco? I'm sorry to just jump on this. But well, that's at the end of so my train aggressive. of thought. so aggressive. Oh, my God. He's like, it's like a group of people. And he's just like, my blood. <laughs> and it's like, dude. How he's like got a, is no he's one like all doing anything? And stuff, and it's like, Nobody is standing up to him. Where's your chill, bro? Well, actually, no. So like Jeez. in the first sense, Ron was standing up to him. Well, other people were too. But like, y'all have to stop. Okay, this... Uh, <laughs> tangent here like okay one approach it's hard but like just ignore draco just don't give him any power 
don't give him attention. Don't follow him around. Ignore him. Sh- uh, shun him from your frame of existence. What a terrible human. <laughs> yeah. I, on this set of rereads with you and the, and the magical theory crew here, I sort of, I'm I'm disliking Draco more than I used to dislike yeah, Draco. Draco is yeah real bad. I know it's I didn't terrible. like him, but like this, it, oh my gosh, this chapter especially like his his one line and it's like, what is happening, dude? Come on. Yeah. So Harry hears voices. Rip tear kill. Whoa again, Harry. Uh, the Chamber of Secrets has been opened. Enemies of the air, beware. So like we have this because you. As a reader reading this for the first time, you might be like, what? And then Draco kind of like splashes you with like, okay, let me give you some sort of frame of reference of like, he says, you'll be next, Mudbloods. Of like, okay, so Mudbloods must be enemies of the air, whatever that means. Like that, that, I mean, all of this, like we're extending from the previous chapter with Mudbloods. And our understanding or our developing understanding of this blood status and relationship within the wizarding world. But it's kind of scary. It's terrifying. You're 12 years old and this happens and then Draco's just like, oh, you're next. Like, oh, my God, you know, go interrogate this boy. (laughs) Go ask him questions. We got to at least ask him some questions here. Jeez. What is going oh on gosh. with this guy? Yeah, he's out of control. <laughs> you think that Hogwarts has a school psychologist? Because <laughs> it's <I> peeves. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they need one. You need one, yeah, for sure. <laughs> yeah. So what? What it's, else were you thinking? No, I mean not much. I think we're intentionally left at a cliffhanger here mm-hmm. of like this event happens, and then the next chapter I think is called the writing on the wall. So like obviously we'll yep. get more into it, but. Yeah, I mean, obviously, Harry is having some kind of experience here that Ron and Hermione also, like Lockhart, couldn't follow that experience. So we'll we'll wonder why for people who are hearing the story for the first time or reading it. Uh, Yeah, smells blood, right? He hears him say, he hears the Mm -hmm. the thing say, like, I smell blood or whatever. And then it seems there's blood on the wall. Yeah. And then also Mrs. Norris is... uh, Seems to be petrified mm-hmm. to some extent. So that's, yeah, I mean, it's definitely scary. I mean, I like that. I like it. It is a step different in terms of the intensity of it than the Sorcerer's Stone book. Mm-hmm. Like all of that is, yes, it's happening, but none of the other students are really like even aware mm-hmm. of any of it. But this is like, this is the whole school out in the open, like on the wall. So yeah, we already are getting Draco being another student able to sort of mm-hmm. respond. and It makes it a more uh, nuanced experience, I think, moving forward of like what is going on this year compared to last year, even yeah. though Harry is going to try to play the hero, you know, in a s- somewhat similar way. But mm-hmm. it'll also have major differences. Yeah. I'm excited. I mean, it's a great book. I like the book much more than the movie from our rewatch, but... Yeah, well, when we were watching the movie segment yesterday, it was interesting to see the that there were, like, similar points that were that came up in um, Philosopher's Stone, Sorcerer's Stone, that also were similar in Chamber of Secrets, like how Harry meets Hagrid in Diagon Alley, or 
Hermione fixing his glasses. Mm. Like, so I don't remember if that was actually in the chapters we read, even though it was only a few weeks ago. But uh, at least, like, in the storytelling in the movie, it, there were, like, similar touch points. But again, like, we've, we've, I don't know what chapter this is, but, like, Hagrid every chapter. Does find Harry in, in Nocturnalia. Yeah. I oh, remember yeah, that yeah, at right, least. Right. Oh, yeah, because we did glasses. mention that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but every chapter that we've read so far is like super... This is like... If it, if this series were just two books, like it's like definitely another side of the coin, like the dark side where it's just like mm-hmm. everything is so dark. So much darker than the first book where it's like you have this magical world and you hear like... Well, because the first book is really... The introduction to Voldemort as the as the evil, mm. like yes, Quirrell is there, but now yeah. it's Malfoys and like it's people that like it's a kid in the school being kind of like yeah. really sketchy. What's really interesting to me is I feel like it's kind of so speaking of like writing on the wall, or it's just like this uncovering of something that has always been beneath. So it's not like out of nowhere Draco like materialized this like hateful view. It was already there because it's part of the fabric of the society. Right. And so the deeper we get into the wizarding world, especially like through this perspective of Harry and it's just I mean, because it's Harry, like things just get stepped up (laughs) each book that we go. But we have Mm -hmm. this like... um, this like it, it becomes more comfortable and then like those things kind of come more to the surface mm-hmm. and it's become more um explicit in terms of like draco is just calling out stuff and starting fights and being an awful awful 100 percent. you know the first book is such a clean and somewhat self-contained story mm-hmm. there is a past and a future but like there's such a cleanness and shortness to it really of like draco is a character but he's kind of a plot device in the first book to like move things around and have to remember all and get quidditch and all this type of thing Mm -hmm. but now like the introduction of lucius and the introduction of lockhart and Mm -hmm. there's a depth to it now where it's like these characters are doing things actively Mm -hmm. and harry may or may not interact with it and yeah that there's this richness to it and like this story won't be as self-contained i mean in some ways she does that very well like each book does have a an Mm -hmm. arc to it but but it this one is more like it's an opening up whereas the first one is more like oh you've stopped evil once again right and Mm -hmm. who knows if it'll come back yeah yeah Mm-hmm. that's where that's kind of how i think about the second book is just i start this is where i really start to fall in love with it because it's just like every chapter is like something new a death's day what the heck is that you know <laughs> yeah yeah so yeah cool do you have anything else i i don't i don't yeah i think i said i said my quotes excellent everything. yeah <laughs> until next time then until next time Wands ready, ready.